so much for this session. Lead and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. We are looking at the art of following, which is uh, one of the keys to the art of ministry. And we say that in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you um, into fishers of men. And then we looked at the fact that, you know, um, one of the greatest uh, uh, processes or systems to use in really becoming skilled is not to sit in the classroom and write notes. Many people don't read the things they write. <laughs> the teachers will tell you. You give them the questions for the exams. When the exams come, they still won't pass. Olivia, it's true. You can go two days before the examination and give them all the answers. Some students wouldn't even come to class because you called for a lesson two days before exam when there's no seriousness around. They will not come. I remember I was talking to um, a pastor, a friend in London, in one of our churches, and he was telling me, he's a teacher, and he was saying that, he said, Bishop, if the children don't pass your subject, the pressure, the tension, you can easily lose your job. He says, and so, a day before the exam, I give them all the questions. <laughs> I give them all the questions. And he says, still, some people don't pass. Because if, you, if, if the students don't pass, the, the pass rate of the various subjects is very important to the ministry and to your superiors. And so, so, so sometimes, you see, African teachers are different. I don't know if Guyanese teachers are the same. But teachers have to be very kind. You have to pass people. If you're a teacher, you have to be generous. So God will be generous with you as well. <laughs> Can you imagine if you are a judge or you're a magistrate? And every case that comes before you, life imprisonment. Life imprisonment. You should be careful God doesn't send you to hell for life. God's over a man's sword. You can easily rip it. You know. And so it's very, very important to adapt the system that can help people to do well. And that is the art of following. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, we read it. The Bible said that. It said, take my yoke upon you. And he says, and learn of me. For my yoke is, or my, uh, my, uh, my yoke is, for my what? My yoke is easy and my burden is light, isn't it? Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you shall find rest. I think that's the next 31. Is there a 31? There's no 31. Oh, it's 12 one. Okay. You shall find rest for your souls. I think there's something like that somewhere. Are you, are you with me? And so it is easy to develop scale to learn how to do ministry by following. By following. And, and I was, you see, in a break I was telling a, a group of people that, you see, I, I almost didn't want to offend some people, but I think I can say it now. Now, to come to a conference without your leaders, it, there's something wrong about it all. 
When you see that 30 seater bus there, it, it tells you of something. Oh, you are quiet. Yeah. It is easier to point the people you are working with to the same source that you are picking some things from so that the, the understanding goes faster. The traditional way of leading people is when you have the information and you hide it. And you go into the pulpit and say, I want to preach you a very powerful message today. And you don't want anybody, like as I'm preaching, I'm holding a book. You, you, you know what I'm preaching for. In fact, you can actually switch off. You can actually say, okay, Bishop, I'll buy the book. I'm sleeping. Go ahead. It's coming from a book. But you see, there's a traditional way of pastoring where the books and the things you use to preach, you don't tell anybody where you're taking your things from. It's like the teachers of today. You are Ghana teacher. The teachers don't use textbook. I asked my son, what textbook do you use? He is never able to tell me what textbook they are using. The government has brought books for us to give it to the children. Some of the books, the teachers come, they say, this one, don't give it to the children because we will take questions from it. <laughs> when we used to go, when we were going to school, I remember Abbott. Physics textbook Abbott. Charlie? If you, have, if you don't have abort, you can't pass an exam. If you don't have functional biology, you cannot pass A-level biology. What are, you, what are you talking about? Textbooks? Textbooks? In your training, textbooks is key. But I asked my son, what are you using for geography? He said, we are not using any book. I said, are you sure? Are you lying to me or something? Reverend Ralph is saying it. The ministry has brought the books and the teachers have said, don't give it to them because we'll take questions out of that. There's a certain mentality of people in developing countries. They don't want people to pro- progress. And it, it enters the ministry because if you don't allow exposure of your people to the right things, it's very difficult for you to do it by yourself. So when you see the 30-seater bus, you see all the people who have come and all of that. It's admirable. It makes the pastors work very easy. When I get a message or I see a message or a book, that is, I send it to my leaders. I say, ah, nice book. Read it. Just like the, 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 the teacher will give the questions. Sometimes you give them the book, they read it, they don't see what you're seeing. <laughs> They, they still ask you, so Bishop, the book you send, what, 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 what is it? The levels of revelation and enlightenment are different. So no matter how you expose them to the things, and it's easier, ladies and gentlemen, it is easier to expose your people to the work of the ministry. It's easier to let them look at what you are looking at. Don't, don't keep it away from them. It's more difficult if you keep it away from them. Once you notice something that is beneficial, expose your people to it. It's a blessing. That's why I'm trying to expose people to Ghana. Let's go to Ghana 2024. Let's go to Ghana 2024. Rev, let's go to Ghana 2024. <laughs> hey, Reverend, Reverend, Reverend Floyd, he enjoyed himself in Ghana. 
I think we, we, we should bring him up to come and tell us some Ghana stories. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, he enjoyed. Uh, he, he, was, he was a reporter. CNN special reporter. On the, yeah. He records and he goes, he goes and he uploads it on Facebook. Oh, everywhere. I remember we went to the Makane Church in Oibi. Hey. And the people went to play some nice song. Come and see my brother here. Hey. Hey, you danced. <laughs> we enjoyed ourselves. We were such a blessing. And so the art of following is a great method of learning how to do ministry work. So I want to um, get into the chapter two. That says that how to be successful in the art of following. How to be successful in the art of following. How to be successful in the art of follow, following. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Are you there? That ye be not slothful. Another word for the word slothful is that you be not lazy. But followers of them. What? Followers of them. Followers of them. The art of following of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The promises is a success in ministry. I mean, if you go to a place like Nigeria, you have people with a hundred thousand member church. Can you imagine? You, you can easily not know half of the people in the church. What? hundred thousand? Paul Inenche. One hundred thousand? David Oedipo. He has about four services Sunday morning. 52 outside, 52,000 outside, 52,000 inside. He's building his 100,000-seater auditorium as well. Can you imagine 100,000 people sitting down? It'd be very fantastic. When they start speaking in tongues, all the demons will run away to the next country. <laughs> ah, 100,000 people speaking in tongues. Which devil can stay in a country? You fly, you tell, you tell, tell, I want to fly to India. Let's go to Europe or let's go to South America somewhere. We can't be here. 100,000 people speaking in tongues. Ah, it's better than 20 people speaking in tongues. It's better than 200 people speaking in tongues. Becky, it's better than 100 people speaking in tongues. And so the Bible is saying that do not be lazy. Do not be lazy because when you say you are following, it, 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 you have to take away laziness. Now, for example, when Elijah was about to leave and Elisha was following him. They went through several processes. Elijah was trying to get rid of Elisha. He said, oh, go home, I'm going here. So, go home, I'm going here. Elisha said, as long as thy soul liveth, as long as the Lord liveth and thy soul liveth, me ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. I said, okay, good. 
then he thought, you know, he thought, next, next, let me serve him. I'm going to Giga. He said, let me serve him. He said, oh, I'm not going anywhere. It, it takes hard work to follow something and to follow somebody. Lazy people can't follow anything. If, if you are copying exams, you have to work hard. You have to know that the A, it is A. Not just you say, oh, I saw it. It looked like it's A. So I cheated. It looks like it's C. No, you fail. Because you can have people who follow you and not learn anything. There are two different things, Jackman. Following and then picking up things. You can have people follow you and they don't pick up anything. You have that. I've had some people who have been with you for years. Yeah. Don't follow, don't, don't pick up anything. Can't do anything. After years and years of exposure to ministry, can't gather people, can't love people. If there's anything that I have, I have struggled over the years, it's my people loving people. I don't know what the people I have, they are different from what you have, position. but my people don't love people at all. They like fight, like argue, they like rowing, like quarreling. Oh, this person stepped on my toe, this person on my other toe. I know that is part of the ark. When Noah had the ark with all the animals, I'm sure the mosquito came to report to Noah that I can't, I, I, I need blood. <laughs> I gotta bite somebody. <laughs> and I'm sure Jerry will come and tell Noah, I see Tom watching me in a certain way. I am not comfortable. Because you know the cat has to eat the mice. But in Noah's ark, you can't eat any mice here, so because that's the only species we are going to. We are going to help reproduce to fill the earth. Because there was the instruction God gave to Adam and Eve. Noah had to also activate that after the flood. Because that's, that's something that sometimes you can forget. That the world was not populated by Adam and Eve per se. It, the world was populated by Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Because that which Adam and Eve created, uh, uh, made... In the days of Noah, all of them died, except what Shem, Ham, and Japheth brought forth. That's a Ham is a black generation. Shem is an Arabic generation. And then uh, Japheth is a white people. Are you with me? So you, you, you need love. And I know that for many people, your upbringing, your growing up, it lacks love. That's how people beat people in marriage. Because they don't know how to love. They think love is beating. No, I, I had a friend. He passed away. He used to beat his girlfriend. When he beat his girlfriend, that's when the love grows. Oh yeah. You won't believe it. You see them walking in the road, and then all of a sudden they'll burst into our argument. And he said, Wax, 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 and push it down and stamp on Shibeli. Nice red girl in the open. I mean, if you see it, you but if you attempt to go between them, you'll be sorry because tomorrow morning they're going so hugging up and going, and you say, Ah, ah, that's love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody said, 
Some of us, <laughs> that you know, even people, uh, you know, doing things in the night, they say, choke me. It says, strangle me. <laughs> it says, choke me. Tie me up. <laughs> but, why, why do you think, <laughs> even why are you laughing? <laughs> he, he, she likes a choke. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that people have this crazy thing they call fetish? Where you have to take a whip. Yeah. And hunk off them and say, put me in jail. <laughs> I'm guilty. I'll take any punishment. <laughs> yeah, for many people, it's love. It's excitement. I won't be surprised if you have some handcuffs in your house as you're looking at me. <laughs> Forgive. Handcuffs and whips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. You see, <laughs> is it from my generation in Africa? Um, intimacy is very traditional and straight. We go, we do that, that normal, the real regular thing. In fact, some people will tell her, Go, I'm coming. So she'll go and bath and lie down, I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> I have to hunk of him. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait at the back, man. <laughs> you need support here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so you'd be surprised, but for some people, Pain means love. Oh, yeah. So someone said, why do you think people do that? So I'm saying that in, in, in my, my generation, I'm not sure what happens now, but in my generation, it was very straightforward. That's why I say, I can't imagine my father kissing my mother. I never saw anything like that. Never in my life. My father was born in 1924. I don't know whether he knows how to kiss a woman. Yeah. Yeah, he died at the age of 86. My mother was, uh, uh, what? They don't tongue up. Okay, all right. <laughs> he has come to Adam. <laughs> I'm standing here, preach. These are, these are Africans. <laughs> no, I never, I, never, I never saw those things. Never. I mean, not even once. In fact, at the point, my father had his own bedroom, and then my mother also had her own bedroom. My father had a bell. So when, she, when he needs my mother, he will ring it. <laughs> and so it got to a point where my father became weak. When he rings the bell, I said, oh, Mommy, Daddy is calling yourself. He's calling who? I'm not good. <laughs> He's put himself in his own room. You should be there. <laughs> My mother, his mouth, her mouth wasn't easy. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. This my friend who beat the girl. Next day, moving, moving. So people learn by experience that when you see him beating her up, don't, don't say nothing. Just, just be like the Levite who was going to church and saw the, the guy who was beaten by the roadside. Just, just go to church. Just go to church. It's not your business. Because when you go and say, girl, what are you there upon? You're stupid. This, that, 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 that. When they get back together, she'll go and tell him that. You see what uh, uh, Isam was telling him? Isam was telling him that I'm stupid. And then you get into trouble. Uh, do you know anybody like that? Uh, couples like that? Yeah, there are people, you know, something like that. Like, yeah, there are people. You don't, we don't come between them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And most marriages, most men and women, eh, when they say, hey, no, no, I don't care. I care. They are lying, you know. It's love. It's love. It's, it's the love that makes them quarrel. Don't take the quarrel as, as a, a reason that this person doesn't want to be this person. No, no, no. The quarrel is, is the love. They don't know how to manifest it. They don't know how to do it. So they quarrel, they quarrel, they quarrel. You think they are going to break up. Yeah, is it tomorrow morning? They dress alike and they're going like that. Ah, it's not these people who argue with their day. There are people who scratch people like cats. Yeah, scratch me. <laughs> Bite me. <laughs> Choke me. Hickey me. Bite me. <laughs> Bite my neck. <laughs> now, now you see that you sit down here as if you don't understand what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Good, 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 good. You, you, you see, you can easily make the church look very straight and it's not real. Because if we see you doing Bacchanal, we cannot even, we don't even recognize you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about Iki and bite me and you're sitting out holy and you're like you came from heaven this afternoon. Hey, you still got some angels around here. Yeah, they use brown powder to cover it. They use brown powder to cover it as they are sitting down. Ah, you see? <laughs> yeah, you see, you see some, some, some of the people in the congregation, they are, they're stiff. Yeah. They are stiff. I'm sure you've been choking people or they've been choking you. <laughs> You're a choker. <laughs> Mistress Collins, <laughs> are you a choker? You a choki? <laughs> Apostolic choking. It's good to be happy in the house of the Lord, you know. Yeah. You, see, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to even sit down and listen to me if some of these things don't come inside. <laughs> I'll read a book to you and say, number one, number two, number three. I said, why this man don't finish and let me go? 
Yeah. Yeah. Do not be lazy. It takes effort to follow. 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 That's what I'm saying that, and I said in the first session that when you talk about assistant pastors and you bring your wife inside, your, your wife is almost like a, a higher dignitary than anybody else in the church apart from you. Because the things that you put other people to do, you can't easily put your wife to do it. It's not right. Because, for example, if your wife is an assistant pastor, for example, then she has to have a satellite church or have a bar center. Then when you are going to the records of the churches, then her record should also be projected. And if she brings only two people to church, she got to get busy. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you go home, no food for you. <laughs> no choking. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, so we, we have learned it. We have learned something in our churches that we, we use the term. There are two things that we have learned when it comes to wives and marriage. There's one called PPQ, which is pre-preaching quarrels. <laughs> Let me come and stand here. <laughs> Pre-preaching quarrels, PPQ. They are the quarrels that arises when you and your wife go to church together in one car. <laughs> you will quarrel. You will quarrel. I'm babes. Getting late, man. Yeah, just a man, just me face, just me face. All right, honey. You know, I asked these people for meet me before the service. You know, yeah, like 30 minutes time. Oh, honey, me here. <laughs> I, 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 I had to go and change the tap. It, it don't match with me shoes. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are a man of God. You are, you, are, you are anxious. You are going to church. You have people you even want to talk to before the service starts. Then you start honking the horn. Man, what's this? It was ice an animal, ice a dog or something. I say, I coming. <laughs> then after the whole thing, when she comes to sit down with her children, and after she, you are, she's coming with her children, one of them is crying. That wants to get you to the car. They have to get out of the car and say, bye. Hey, shut your mouth. Get you to the car. Man of God, you are going to release the anointing on a Sunday morning. Look at how you are sweating. Then when you sit in the car, you don't say anything until after the preaching. (laughs) So to avoid that, my father has taught us, always get your car, your wife a car. Sunday morning, you don't know each other. (laughs) Like yesterday, my wife went to work. Now, if she was my assistant, I would have killed her. <laughs> you know, termination letter or something. Your, your volunteership is no more needed. Oh, yeah. So, my father learned that in his life. And he advises us, Sunday your wife should go in different vehicles. So the best thing is to buy a vehicle for your wife. Let her do all the makeup. Let her do all the hair. Change the wigs. 
according to the car, whatever. <laughs> she can come when you are, you are sharing the grace in the church. It's okay. <laughs> At least she came. <laughs> you don't have any reason to quarrel. It's PPQ. Yeah, pre-preaching quarrels. Then the second one is, you do not put your wife in the line of fire. And that is, having your wife involved in the church so much that when you are assessing leaders, you can't avoid assessing her. Because it will be biased. Now, if you assess her also, she wear jeans and sleep that night. <laughs> She'll face the wall. <laughs> but she'll be so embarrassed by how you abuse her and how you reprimanded her and how you, how you rebuked her in front of all them church members. You make me feel like I am some little girl or something. <laughs> Meanwhile, the church must work. <laughs> what we asked you to do, you couldn't do it. In our early days in ministry, when we started, my wife was a treasurer. And we, had a, we have a system that we bank the offering every week, especially on a Monday. And we've come to a new country, we are starting a church, and we don't really know anybody. So when we take the offering, she'll do everything, prepare it, and then when we are going home, we take it home which is not the usual practice. And she's supposed to bank it every Monday. Sometimes two weeks, the money is still in the house. <laughs> I fired her. When I got people to trust, I said, today, you are fired. <laughs> because she won't bank it for two weeks. When you go and say it, man, you know the walk, man. I said, don't mind me, don't mind me. <laughs> it's church offer, you can't let the money here. Yeah, but you know when I went to work, I was busy, busy, busy. So why you can't also bank it? I said, I am I the treasurer. So slowly, when faithful people came around, and I said, sweetie, bye, ciao. Go along your way. Because I can shout on the person who has volunteered to help and don't think about going home and not having food to eat, go and drink rice porridge or go and do something. But if I put my wife in a line of fire, because I can't, I can't say I'm assessing my leadership and she's my assistant and she's not performing. And so, yeah, no, first lady, we can't touch your business, right? So, first lady, you, you prosper. Go ahead and do well. Sail on. You, you, it cannot be fair to, to talk about another person and not talk about your wife. So, the wife takes a certain position of, of not being in a line of fire. So when you are abusing people and assessing people, she's there smiling and enjoying it. Yeah. She will even add up and say, yes, what pastor is saying is true. You don't come to church early. <laughs> and some people say, look she, look she, who asked she for she opinion? <laughs> what else does she have to do? She have to agree with whatever husband is saying. But if you put her in the line of fire, you compromise. That, that's something. When we started, it was the same thing. I get a report. I said, they, I, they, they, I mean, the church asked for a report. Send a report of the banked offering. I asked for the information. She didn't bank it yet. I said, Ma, you won't put me in problems, girl. You say you love me, you won't put me in problems. You don't love me, girl. <laughs> I said, no, I love you, but you know, I said, you don't. I said, okay. So, let's, let's just settle this once and for all. You are not my treasurer any longer. Mm-hmm. 
if somebody will thief the money, I prefer they thief the money than to give it to you and then we got a quarrel. Two things, isn't it? PPQ and then the line of fire. Yeah. Let them enjoy their, their leadership in the church. Bring a big wig, come to church. Big wig. And, uh, she can come late when you are preaching. It's okay. Let her come. Crow, 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 crow. It's okay. <laughs> come and sit down. Ah, good. You, you carry on. It's you and your God. It's okay. But to wait for you and do pa, pa. And then when you are moving the car, you are so angry that it's a, you won't kill me. You won't kill me. You gonna shut your mouth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. So you can't be lazy in following. It's a very serious business. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, do not be slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Nine principles of following. Number one, you can, success, you can be successful in the art of following by choosing to follow God himself. You can try that one. Follow God himself. Because if we don't tell you that, you say that we are telling you to follow a man. So you try following God yourself. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 that's the Bible says the Bible says be therefore followers of God be therefore followers of God can you imagine when you are following God I remember when the Israelites were were going to um, Canaan and as they were being led by the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire I mean can you imagine that you are there, you are trying to cook some chow mein. And then, all you hear is that, hey, the cloud is moving, the cloud is moving. You are cooking chow mein. Your husband is sitting down, watching TV. Then you get information that, the cloud has started moving. You have to move the tent. <laughs> We had the children. Stop the child, man. We just throw it away. It's okay. We, walk, we go like that. Because if you miss the movement, you are lost. A whole group of people have to organize themselves and fall in line. And then as they are going, as they are going, then the cloud stops. And they have to watch whether it's a permanent stop or it's a five-minute break. Now, if you are not alert, if you are lazy, you'll be sleeping when the cloud has moved. And, and that, is, that is what happens even when you have to catch an anointing, when you have to really catch a certain grace. You have to be very active. Elisha was very active. When the 50 uh, prophets, uh, uh, school of the prophets, they, they told them, do you know your, your, your master is going? He said, Charlie, I know what's going on. Don't, don't, don't worry, I know. I know. And Elisha, Elijah promised him that if you see me, go. To even see Elijah go, 
It's just like the ten, the ten virgins. Those who were foolish and those who were wise. Five couldn't make it to, to after midnight. Because when, when they had to bring their lamps, they didn't bring extra oil. Then the five brought their lamps. With, that, was, that was giving them light. And they had extra oil. Laziness. Because some people are very casual. So, this gas, it could take me to number two, no problem. They're going to Stanley Town, you see that, your gas, the vehicle. <laughs> You're too casual. Just buy the gas. Yeah. I don't see it here often, but in Ghana, where I was born, Jesus Christ, car drivers, taxi drivers, oh, they buy, they take a small gallon, one gallon, and they throw it into the vehicle. They say, me got money yet for true to gas in my vehicle. I won't walk a little bit. And when they start getting business and move around, there's something they, they lose focus. Some of them, they are, even their, their gauges don't work. <laughs> so they average that this can you know work work me till about eleven o'clock, and then they start working. They start working. They take a passenger before you realize the car stops. Then you have to get out, take the gallon, find somebody to go to a gas station, buy gas, come back and put it in there, and then walk again. By two o'clock, you see him. It's, it's amazing, and that's how some of these these uh, foolish virgins were. They, they took their lights. They had oil in the lamp, but they, they, they guessed, they were casual about how long the bridegroom was going to come. They said, oh, I mean, this will last me till midnight. It's not a problem. Midnight came. Then when the bridegroom was announced, hey, behold the bridegroom, they realized that the, the lights went off. Where is your oil to light again? They don't have oil. Now they are going to the gas station. When they came back from the gas station, bridegroom said, meet upon them stupidness. When I'm coming, you have to be ready for me. I remember one fateful day, a couple wanted to get married. And they came. I gave them one o'clock. One o'clock came. One thirty. Two. Two thirty. Then the bridegroom came. Three o'clock. Bride. I was watching my security camera and I watched them coming. I picked the phone. I called Reverend Raphael. I said, Ralph. I said, Raphael, how? He said, Bishop, I'm good. I said, are you sitting down or you are lying down? He said, I am sitting down. I said, okay. You bid or you bid? He said, I bid. I said, I don't care if you bid. Put on clothes. Put on your clerical shirt and your white collar. I have a wedding for you to officiate. I waited for two hours. I decided I am not going to officiate this marriage. It's not worth my time. That was the end of me doing some official weddings. Because to... to for me to wait for you two hours. You're not ready. And that, that's what happened with the, the virgins. The, 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 you are not ready. You came, dressed up nice, with your oil and everything, your lamp. No, no, you didn't have extra oil. Because you are very casual about this meeting me. And that's how the art of following is. You cannot be casual. You, you can't just come. And, and, and that's why I said, Pastor Sam, 
and, and some of these pastors, they have experience. <laughs> Pastor Sam, yesterday, Pastor Sam, it was here. And anytime he comes to a meeting, he's there throughout. It, it, you can't be casual. Some people, that, that's a little delay. You sit in your car and you go. You can't be casual. You see, one of the things that many people don't understand is that when, when you determine that, okay, we are having a prayer meeting from 8 in the evening till 11 o'clock, you cannot come at 9. I mean, you can't come at 9, but you see, whatever is written here, whatever we allow here is allowed in heaven. Whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. So when your pastor or your leader, your apostle says that we are praying from 8 o'clock, God respects the time that the prayer meeting is starting and he shows up at 8 o'clock to support his servant. If you come at 9 o'clock, you are being too casual. And when God sees you like that, he, he doesn't, you don't provoke him to do anything for you. Many people don't understand. And it's very sad because if you are going to give landlord to watch movies, you will never go one hour late. You will never go. You will say that the people have cheated you, you, you your, your money, the money you give them. You will give landlord, you go, you buy popcorn. Is it popcorn we call it? Popcorn? Danny, popcorn? Pop, popcorn. 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 Okay. You buy popcorn. You buy cooks, nachos, and you go and sit inside, and you wait before the movie starts. When it comes to church, when we say, "God, we are coming to a program at eight," ah, you come at ten o'clock because those things—that's what I'm saying—that things are turned upside down. What the world respects, we don't respect that in the world. What they don't respect, that's what we respect in the church. You, you won't go to work late. Pinky, you will not go to work late. But church, church, oh Jesus. Sometimes when you are you 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 doing the altar call, that's when some people are, are coming to church. He said, wow, God will really bless you indeed. <laughs> God is a serious God. And so if you are going to follow somebody and catch the anointing and learn ministry, you can't be casual about it. It's a serious business. Peter one day vented out his frustration. He asked Jesus, you know we left everything to come and follow you? I ain't seen nothing, man. It's about one and a half years, two years now. I ain't seen nothing. Me wife, me wife is calling me all the time. I'm cheering one money. Jesus, lesson fee, school fee. You said we should leave everything and come and follow you. I've come to follow you. I mean, you see nothing. I ain't seeing my way. Yeah, she wants she here too. It was not an easy thing to follow Jesus. It wasn't casual. Peter had to speak. He said, hey, Charlie, this thing. We didn't come here like this. So we, as we, we, we came looking for something and we are not seeing the thing. Until one day, they had to actually risk their lives. Following is a simple thing. Hallelujah. So you can be successful in the art of following by choosing to follow God himself. Be ye followers of God as dear children and 
walk in love as Christ has loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Two things that will show you are following God is that you have love and you are sacrificial. If you want to know that somebody is following God, the first sign is that the person is a loving person. It's right there. And walk in love. And that the person is also sacrificial. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's right there. If you love God, you will also do what? If you are going to follow God, you, you will love God and you will be sacrificial. So that's what God did for us. Do you love people? I, I, I think I have it here sometimes, but when I used to pastor in Europe, I had a church member. Anytime, you know, I used to, after, after church, I would stand right in front of the church, and then people would come and, you know, talk to me one after the other. When this church member comes to me, everybody leaves the line, they go home. You've seen it. <laughs> because the people know that this girl who, who has gone ahead of me, she ain't finishing yet. <laughs> she, she, she don't done. So when people see that that particular young girl has gotten to me and we are talking, I'm going to talk to you next week. Who <laughs> uh, betides you if somebody like that is matured and is good looking? It can give you troubles. You can be asked questions in the night. Why she always got to come and talk to you so? And talk to you all good so long. What's your problem? Why are you always laughing when she talking? <laughs> no, it can get you into trouble. Because you see, that's what I'm saying that. Sometimes, like I was saying, when a, a pastor came to my office and said, he does ministry with his wife. Or the wife, it's the wife actually who said it. It's the wife who said that they do ministry as a family. You go to church as a family and they leave church as a family. I said in my head, this is trouble. Because for me, I am the pastor. I decide when I want to go home. It's not something somebody can decide for me. I is a big man. <laughs> but for those who do those we are doing it together let me tell you the man's strength is, 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 is the man is stronger than the woman what the man can endure the woman can endure the same thing so when the wife told me that not even the husband I realized the type of relationship they have because if the woman was going to wake up in the morning to go to school and teach she would beat out at 8 o'clock he said sweetie I can, you try there. I'll see you later. But if she doesn't do anything and she's just there and all of that, then it's, ah, I'm waiting. And there's nothing very uncomfortable than when somebody you love is waiting for you. And you're not ready yet. Go ask your father if he finish. I'm tired. I won't go home. They'll send the children to you. Yeah, go tell mommy I'm coming. Tell, tell mommy I'm coming just now. 
And they go and they say, 15, we say, go ask daddy. Daddy say, you coming, you coming. He goes, daddy, he said, I told you, tell your mother, I'm coming just now. <laughs> daddy, mommy, fretting. I say, yeah, go do you, boy, remove yourself from here. There's nothing like that. It's nothing that it's, it's, and, and you, you love your wife, so, so you have to. Yeah. Why do you think uh, Samson told Delilah about where his strength is? Oh. Delilah started crying. <laughs> you don't love me. Oh, Samuel, Samson. You don't love me. If you love me, you, you don't hold any secret. I'll, I'll have your phone, a phone ID. I'll have your phone number, your pin code. You can't put a, a secret uh, swipe from me. What kind of love is that? Yeah, give me your uh, Facebook password. I give you my Facebook password. We are, we are husband and wife. Two shall become one. We share the, some people even share the same Facebook account. <laughs> Transparency, okay. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing if you can do that. And I'm saying that the following is it takes love and sacrifice. And if you are going to follow God, you will need to put a lot of things down and aside to be a follower of God. Number two, you can be successful in the art of following by copying a man of God who is following Christ. You can copy a man of God who is following Christ. You can copy a man of God who is following Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, he said, "Be, uh, be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. In other words, He's telling the Corinthian church, follow me as I follow Christ. So you can follow a man of God as long as he is in line. As long as he's following God, as long as he's following Christ, you are sure that he is going somewhere and therefore you are also going to go somewhere. The moment he stops following Christ, you know that he's taking you out and off. And you should not be able to follow such a person. But you can follow a man of God as long as he is following um, Jesus Christ. Number three, You can be successful in following a man of God by following someone who has followed the person you really want to follow. (laughs) Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17, the New Living Translation says it very nicely. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. That there are some people who, are, who have been successful in following us. So you can follow them as they have followed me. It's there. It's just like, Francis, it's just like um, the teacher teaches in a class. Algebra. And then you don't get it. But then your friend gets it. 
Then you, your friend says, oh, no problem. I, I can explain it to you. That is, you, you are following people who are a good examples of following us. He said, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. So the class prefect who has caught the algebra, now break time is trying to explain it to you to understand. It works also. Because the classmate has learned and has followed it, has, has caught it, and now he's also passing it on. So you can follow people like that. So uh, um, there's a man of God who wanted to follow Catherine Kuhlman. And then he said that um, Catherine Kuhlman was dead. So who do you follow if you want to follow Catherine Kuhlman? You follow Benny Hinn, who caught his, his anointing from Catherine Kuhlman. If you want to follow Catherine Kuhlman, you have to go into the grave. So there are those, those people also around. People who have followed the good example that you can also follow. So like the assistant pastors that we have, they must be good examples for the church members to follow. Oh, am I saying something? Yeah, as a good assistant. You should be able to be a, a good assistant in the sense that the church members will look at you, even if they, are, they don't have access to pastor or apostle. They have access to you, the assistant, you, the deacon. And because you follow pastor and you follow him well, you've caught it, then they can also learn pastor's ways from you. But you can, you can, you can have a, a situation where it is only pastor who has to be available or who has to be visible for people to follow him. Are you with me? So the church members should be able to follow the example of the deacons and the elders who have been successful in following their pastor. I'm here. I've followed Bishop Dark for many years. I've been with him for many years. And I have people here who I'm I'm working with and are also following me because I have followed him and I still follow him. When when we started following uh, Bishop Dark, I was in Europe. Those days... We used to just get a cassette, C60 and C90. That, that's all. And we, we listen. That, that's how we used to prepare our sermons. You put in a cassette and then you do a, a summary of it and you go and preach it. Unknowingly, in listening to the voices and listening to the voices, something rubs off on you. You see, you begin to develop capacity. Your church begins to work, it begins to grow. And some anointing is flowing, and people see you different, and some things are happening as you minister. It's fantastic, but it has been cassette after cassette. Somebody was explaining the other day that there's a newer generation who don't listen to preach. They read to preach, and it's it's different. Reading to preach and listening to preach is different. It is the voice, the words that I speak unto you. The the speaking is what has the anointing, not the writing, in a certain sense. Are you with me? 